This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The band Great White has been around for over 40 years. They have sold over 10 million albums worldwide and were nominated for a Grammy for Once Bitten, Twice Shy. The band has also had a tumultuous history over the years with multiple lineup changes and at one time dueling lineups that were both touring at the same time using variations of the Great White name. You're also probably familiar with a tragic event in the band's history that I have been asked not to address out of respect for those that were involved. And we will honor that request as we welcome Mark Kendall, founding guitarist for Great White. They'll be at the venue in Denver this Saturday night, July 30th. You can go to thevenuedenver.com for ticket information on that. Mark, welcome. Yeah, you got it, brother. Uh, if there's anything consistent about the band Great White over the years, I would have to say it's you. <laughs> this yeah. was your band, after all, in the very beginning. And uh, here you are, what, 45 years later. Still out on the road with them. Not quite that long, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's been, we've had a, a really good run, um, you know, with really loyal fans. That's all I can say. And I, I just try try to keep get, trying to get better. You know what I mean? I, I'm always trying to uh, outdo the last thing, so that keeps my energy up. Always competing with yourself and trying to top yourself, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you always have that pipe dream. You're going to write the best song of your life, and that's what kind of keeps me, you know, kind of keeps my energy in the right spot, I guess. Keeps me motivated. Chasing after that perfect song. Do, do you feel like you've come close? I, I'm trying now, um, but uh, I think when the very first time, and it's not because the song became a big song, it's just the very first time when everything kind of came together, and I felt like I was becoming a better songwriter was uh, when we listened back to Rock Me when it was done. When I was recording it, I had no idea because you kind of have that tunnel vision of your parts and, you, you know, you never hear the whole thing back until the end. So, you know, that that was a good uh, milestone, if you will. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm constantly trying to, uh, you know learn from the past and and the challenge is trying to do something i haven't done before but make it tasty it's not that easy but a lot of times uh the best stuff comes the quickest so it's you know it's uh, i've always uh kind of made the analogy with a painter you know if if a guy was out selling the same painting every year he'd probably go crazy well, I would go crazy if I just was out selling the same song every year. You know what I mean? That's the way I keep myself motivated is to continue to be creative. And 
Uh, like I got a guy coming over today with some recording gear, and I'm I have a couple ideas, and I'm excited. Like my blood's pumping right now. I can't wait to put this stuff down and hear it back and stuff. You know, an interesting analogy, uh, but I would say w- with painters, you know, when you think of a painter like a guy like Picasso, he went through different periods where he had different styles, and people accepted that. But I think with right. musicians and with bands. Once you're in a lane, sometimes the fans aren't too forgiving if you step too far outside of that lane. Like if you tried to do a fusion jazz album, I'm not sure that it would go over that well. Is that something that you were ever interested in, uh, kind of expanding outside of your boundaries, or are you happy being in that lane? That's a a great point. Um, You know, I'm just always trying to be honest with myself, and and, um, I, I just, I don't, I'm not ever trying to reinvent myself, but at the same time, I'm trying to kind of stretch beyond what I would normally do. I'm trying to make it interesting, but still, it's coming from everybody that made me want to play. You know, um, I still keep it. I I feel the notes. I you know. The changes. I try to make it not too predictable, but but still, uh, you know, tasteful. And I, it was interesting because I I was watching a documentary, and I I can't remember who it was. It, it was like something to do with the, uh, the Eagles, I believe. And it was Glenn Fry talking about Jackson Brown living above him. And he would he would go over the same part over and over again. I've always done that. I couldn't believe a pro on that level did it, <laughs> does it the way I do. Because when I get a verse, I play that thing until you know I'm blue in the face it, it, until it comes back to me, and that's that's just absolutely spot on. Like I love that verse. Then I'll go to another part, you know, and then the chorus and work on that forever. That way, you know. So I, I'm kind of right the way Jackson Brown does. I'm just not on his level. <laughs> you know, I'd like to be, you know, you know. Well, well, now Great White has sold 10 million albums. You've got Grammy nominations. You're all over MTV. Uh, talking about, though, when you said about uh, respecting those who, who you followed early on, was there any one person or group of people that inspired you to first pick up the guitar and learn it? Um, the, actually, believe it or not, the very first, people that made me want to play was a band that was across the street that I used to watch through this little window at the side of their garage. And I just saw the bass player play with his teeth one day, but I'd already been listening to music um, before that, but I didn't play guitar. But when I saw that bass player play with his teeth, I came running to my dad begging for a guitar. I just had to have one. And uh, I really didn't put it down the first year. I, you know, learned four songs. I, I know the songs today. It's uh, Pipeline, Wipeout, Gloria, and Secret Agent Man. <laughs> and I, I went and played those four songs from my fourth grade class with another guitar player. So that was the first year, you know, I kind of learned my way around the neck a little bit from neighbors that were more advanced. And I took one lesson off a surf band guy. And uh, just, you know, but um, that's what inspired me first. But then as time rolled around, when I discovered Carlos Santana when I was 14, I wanted to be the guy. (laughs) You know, I just, I go, because when I listened to music back when I was a a boy, 
I, I had, you know, Jimi Hendrix, I had Cream and The Doors. I wasn't listening to the guitar when I heard the records. I just sang along with the singing. You know, I, I was just like fascinated by melody of singers. And when I heard Carlos Santana play, I go, oh my God, he's, he's the way he plays. It's, it's like the way people sing. It's like very memorable and very soulful and, and beautiful melody. And I just thought that was great that you could do that with a guitar. And, and, you know, like if a singer can sing all this bitchin' melodies, why can't you play them on your guitar, <laughs> you know? That's the thinking, right? So I just liked the way he played. So that was my first inspiration when I started to get my way around the neck a little bit. No, it's interesting because you're backing up to the song Wipeout. That's what inspired me to try to become a drummer. Uh, that, that's oh, a song right mostly known yeah. for drumming. When you were a kid, was that in, was that in California? Yes, um, my... I was born in Los Angeles. Uh, I mean, actually, I was born in Loma Linda, California, which is a, a you know, a, just a sixty miles from LA. But um, I li- we lived in lo- right in Los Angeles for the first couple of years, and then just moved around the subdivisions of LA around around you know. But yeah, I just kind of grew up in California. Uh, and discovered music really through my parents first because the, my dad played jazz trumpet and my mom used to sing at his shows in the intermissions. Hmm. She used to, she would sing with the piano player for like 20 minutes and then my dad would, you know, do another set. But, uh, so they had a lot of records and I, I remember the first song I ever heard where I just kind of loved it and because the melody was so pretty. It was uh, the girl from Ipanema, you sure. know that. Bum, ba, da, 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 uh, it, it made me feel a certain way. It was like uh, uh, a joyful feeling. So it, it made me kind of gravitate toward music, like right out of the gate when I was like probably five or six years old. <laughs> so I, you know, I just loved for some reason that that melody was just any any beautiful song i don't i wouldn't care if it was frank sinatra or whoever you know it, it was just i just loved uh you know something that that sounded good well growing up around los angeles it wasn't too far for you to go then to the sunset strip and i know great white's first official show pretty much was at the troubadour in hollywood and back in those days that scene and the rise of mtv at the same time a lot of you guys who normally would have probably started out becoming a regional success and then a statewide and then national, you guys were just launched into the stratosphere almost immediately. Did you find that to be a little overwhelming or was it an amazing ride or what? Um, In 1982, when there was somebody in the audience that could help us, um, it was an A&R man. He came to us backstage and handed us his card and told us to come down there. Before we knew it, we were in the studio recording a five-song EP, but we didn't have a proper record deal. We only had a distribution deal. Well, one of the songs off that EP uh, started playing on on the biggest station in Los Angeles in rotation, and it was totally unheard of. Uh, I'd never heard of it before, uh, an unsigned band playing in rotation with the likes of Tom Petty. I... Um, we were just floored by that because our manager, he brought a, uh, you know, a cassette player to our, 
to our practice, and he said, I want you guys to listen to this at noon today. And we thought it was going to be an ad for a show because we had a show coming up. And all of a sudden, On Your Knees comes on the radio. But we didn't know it was going to be played six times a day. We thought it was just a one-time-only thing, like he had some connection. But that is what really gave us an opportunity with the bigger labels, you know, and create some kind of a, you know, an interest. And, you know, yeah, it's just been a whirlwind. And believe it or not, back then, we were this very small fish in in the L.A. scene. We were not a big deal. The biggest deal was Van Halen, of course, but there was other bands, Stormer and Eulogy and Smile and all these bands. Every time there was an ad for those bands, their print was way bigger than ours. <laughs> ours, ours looked like, you know, uh, fly legs. It was so <laughs> tiny. You know what I mean? It right. was like stupid. It's like we are such a non-factor, but one thing that we did that some of the other bands didn't do is we played more than they did. No matter where it was, we didn't care if it was your backyard, your mama's house, you know, anywhere where there was some kind of a stage and people in front of it, we were there. And we played free a lot, but we put ourselves, I think, in a position to get lucky because you need a lot of luck. And you have to be good. You know, if there's going to be somebody in the crowd that can help you, that has connections or whatever, yeah, that's great that you got that opportunity, but you better be good. Because, yeah. you know, or else that guy is going to walk out and say, God, those, those guys need help. Well, the, that story brings up two familiar sayings. One is, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So, you know, I, I don't really believe in luck. I believe in hard work. And then the other is, that it takes 10,000 hours of practice to perfect something. And that's the theory behind, you know, the Beatles going to Hamburg, Germany and playing 11 hours straight through. You know, they just played and played and played and played until they perfected what they did. And so you guys, although you might not have even known what you were doing, you were laying yeah. the groundwork for that. That is uh, very profound what you just said, <laughs> and I agree 100%. Um, you know, it seems like the ones that are the luckiest always work the hardest. Yep. And that's absolutely 100% true. Um, when the singer and I used to talk, we'd go, because we were, our thinking was we're going to brainwash people into thinking they're supposed to like us. You know what I mean? <laughs> we want to be like a Tide commercial. We want to, you know, people see us so much, they just can't get us out of their heads. <laughs> and that, that, was, that was the, you know, that was the uh, mindset. But, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And I know a little bit about the Beatles playing those shows in Germany um, because my wife worked with the daughter of Eric Burden. Oh, wow. So I actually had him over for dinner one night, and he spoke a lot about, you know, the, uh, the Beatles upcoming, the Stones and the Animals, and how they were all one, four, five bands. They all played Johnny Be Good. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. they all sounded exactly the same, and then they just kind of became songwriters and obviously you know, legendary and all very different from each other. But um, because the, they were all playing, you know, Chuck Berry and doing doing the Little Richard and all that, but, but playing like multiple shows a day. Yeah. So it was pretty amazing. A friend of mine did a documentary on a guy called Mickey Thomas who played with Trini Lopez, and they, 
they would go over, they'd talk to the queen, they'd headline. And, but the government made it to where the, the Beatles would open, you know, uh, open for them and stuff like that. So it was funny in the documentary goes, all of a sudden I saw the Beatles uh, coming into the United States and they're making this huge scene about him, and he's going, oh, my God, you know, that was just my little support act. That was amazing, you know. Right. But, wow, what a story that is. Talking to Mark Kendall, founding guitarist for Great White. They'll be at the venue this Saturday, July 30th. You can go to the venuedenver.com for info. That's on Cortez off of uh, 36 and Pecos. You can also go to officialgreatwhite.com, their website. Uh, you mentioned the singer. Uh, you guys have a new singer these days, too. Tell me a little yeah, bit about him. absolutely wonderful singer. Um you know, and he has so much power and so much range that we can play anything in our catalog, and he's going to sing it perfect. Um, we've even brought back, you know, song off our very first album, Stick It, which was our very first kind of single that we ever had, apart from the EP, which was On Your Knees. But um, So we brought that back in. Uh, you know, the people that were with us from the beginning, they're going to get to get a look from that era you know and we've kind of grabbed a couple other songs that we haven't played in years and uh just having a blast the guy sings like so good he he was in that uh rock vault uh where they you know in vegas where they did the uh oh, 80s yeah. revival mm -hmm. they, they do a show at casinos and and have all they had howard leach from heart and they have guests like slash and just different guitar players and several like singers. He would he would do Journey and all all this stuff, and then he was uh, playing with a group called Last in Line, which were original guys that played in Dio, and they've actually made original music. Um, so we just had him fill in one time, and he blew our minds. So we go, man, I wonder what his availability is. <laughs> and we've done about eight shows with him, and we love him. Um, he, he's just a, a good team player, you know, the brotherhood, uh, the whole deal, you know, his personality is wonderful and he just brings it on stage. He sings his heart out and he's very natural, um, engaging the crowd too. So it's a high energy show and we're having a blast and his name's Andrew Freeman. The fans love him and, you know, he's already kind of known. So it, it's, the shows are going great, and we're looking forward to getting to Denver. So he, he's fairly new with you, so it might be a little presumptive of me to assume that you might be making new music with him at some point, but we started off talking about writing songs. And uh -huh. Any any yeah. chance of getting in the studio with him? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, today, well, I've just recorded a couple songs with a friend of mine uh, who actually used to be in D.O. He was in D.O. for six or seven years, named Tracy G. And he, he was in, also made a band called World War Three years ago. But uh, he has a studio at his house. I recorded two songs there for Andrew. And today, a guy's bringing some gear over, and we're going to record three songs. So yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm writing writing like crazy. Well, I've been writing the past two years, but I'm coming up with new things now, and it's kind of you know, overshadowing some of my older ideas, so I like <laughs> to keep it fresh. 
Well, we'll let you get on uh, on that then. you got a busy day ahead of you, and we'll see you here this Saturday night. Mark Kendall, founding guitarist for Great White. It will be at the venue Saturday night, July 30th, thevenuedenver.com for tickets. And again, officialgreatwhite.com is their official website. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's great talking to you as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.